You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Let me move a little closer to the microphone. So, um, I may have found a new toy. And finding this toy may result in more random, unnecessary movie clip lines being inserted in the podcast. I'm, I'm excited about it, and I apologize. But... That is going to be a large part of the theme of today, show me the money. Because based on reports, the Packers are kind of honing in on making Devontae very, very paid. And Devontae has been kind of doing what I said Rodgers has been doing, which is sending out signals, um, more or less signaling, I'm happy to walk, right? There's the comment about, I'd love to play with Derek Carr. You know, I'm a Packer for now. On Twitter, he throws out, crazy, we never know what the future holds. And of course, everybody gets a little bit scared, because what the heck does that mean? I'll tell you exactly what it means. You're going to show me the money. You're going to show me the money. Anyways, let me back up just a minute here. According to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, Adams, who's entering the final season of a four-year, $58 million contract, is expected to get a massive new deal. Quote, Devontae Adams and the Packers are expected to try to come to an agreement on a massive contract extension. He will likely be the highest paid receiver in the league at some point. Most evaluators I talk to believe with the chairs, with the chairs, sliding the chairs on the ground drives me crazy. Let's try this again. Most, uh, uh, we're going to move a chair. Most evaluators I talk to believe he is the very best at the position right now, so he is a priority for the Packers, whether Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback or Jordan Love. The problem is Rodgers' contract has been an albatross for that team. It's hindered them from doing some other contracts and things they want to do with the team-building standpoint, so they've got to shake that out first. They're willing to give Rodgers probably whatever he wants right now. Eh, I don't know. I mean, look, the only reason I say I don't believe that is it's already a pretty unsustainable contract what Aaron Rodgers has right now. This team is wildly uh, unsustainable. Taking that to new heights seems silly. And and listen, for a guy like Pat Mahomes, you just keep pushing the money out so that presumably, theoretically, as his contract goes up, so does the salary cap. So you're never massively under the gun. What are you going to give Rodgers? There's still a ton of money on the table, and there's not many years that you can push this thing out. We've already got a massive amount of money and three years left. If you take three years and make it five years, but also add more money, it's not helping us. So the idea that we're going to give him whatever he wants, eh, I don't know about all that. Are they willing to do something? Sure. Are they willing to up what he's making? Probably but it'll be a massive restructure, which is going to continue to push money way out so that we have a lot of money currently during these these tough COVID times when we got to pay Devontae, when we're going to have to pay Jair, when, you know, all these contracts are kind of spiking. And it'll give us time to figure out what we're doing with Adrian, with uh, Zedarius, with Preston, with all these other guys that are kind of question mark. But I just, it's not to say the Packers wouldn't give Rodgers, quote unquote, whatever he wants. I just... If they are, I think that's foolish. 
If Aaron Rodgers was 26 years old, fine. Give him whatever he wants. Because again, you can do what you do with Mahomes and make it a 10-year contract and just push all that money out into the future when, you know, a $50 million contract is a joke. Tell you what I need to do right now. I need to pull up the Bucks game while I'm doing the podcast. I've never done that before, but my Hulu Live subscription is about to run out, so let's go ahead and do it and see how it turns out. Oh, it's the first. It just I think it just went out. Dang it. Dang it. All right. Never mind. Never mind. See, I'm on Twitter, and I see some guy write about grilling. It's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just miserable people. But anyways, and then I'm seeing all the Bucks updates, so this is this is distracting. Closing Twitter now. But look, I know there's there's a lot of heartburn about the Devontae thing. The first comment I got from somebody when he reached out is, Jair's gone. First of all, zero chance Jair's gone. Which I know sounds crazy, because it's like, okay, they want Aaron Rodgers. And they're going to pay Devontae. And they just paid Kenny and, and Bakhtiari. And they're going to pay Jair. How are they going to do all this? Well, you know what the one big factor here is, right? It's Aaron Rodgers. The fact of the matter is very simple. They will not keep Aaron Rodgers at this contract because they cannot keep Aaron Rodgers at this contract. They either need to work out a restructuring of his contract, they need to work out a uh, extension of his contract, or they need to trade Aaron Rodgers. By the way, the other alternative is he either opts out, which is tomorrow, I mean, that's when he can do it, or he sits the season out because the Packers don't have to pay for that. If you don't show up to work, you don't get paid. If you opt out, you don't get paid. That helps the Packers. It is an option. And so that also was a uh, news item. I don't know how necessarily newsworthy it is, but there was essentially a report saying that the Packers have reached out to Aaron Rodgers prior to this opt-out period to see if they can work something out. The Obviously, what they're pushing is the idea that they're trying to beg him before he ultimately opts out. Um, but I don't know that we have to necessarily take it there. I think there's been ongoing communication, which they've said, and I don't know that the opt-out period necessarily has anything to do with it. Not that the Packers aren't possibly worried about it. I mean, this could f- be the end, you know what I mean? I don't mean the end as far as the contract. That continues on, but as far as this being certain, because I, as far as I know, my understanding is when you sign the paperwork and say, I'm opting out, there is no coming back. So there probably is a little bit of heartburn, although, again, it financially squares things away and makes things easier that there is sort of a finality to it like okay I guess Jordan Love is officially our guy and we're gonna have to run with this again I don't expect that to happen I've talked about that in the past um brief refresher for those that don't know tomorrow I believe is the first official day for players to come out and say I'm choosing to opt out they don't need to give a reason they simply say I'm not playing sorry and that's all the reason they need and um that's it then they're done The reason, as I've said before, that I don't think Rodgers is going to do it, number one, again, if it's meant to be a slap in the face to the Packers, it really isn't that big a one, right? The best thing that you could hope for is, and look, maybe it is a long-term strategy, but the best thing you could hope for is I'm going to sit out the year, I'm going to save the money that I have. He's not losing money. It's just that the Packers don't have to pay it. How does that work? Well, they're pushing the entire contract back, but the long-term play here would be, I'm going to save all my money, I'm going to opt out, Jordan Love is going to come in play, he's going to be terrible, and now the Packers look like garbage, and then what? Now they really got to come in heavy, and then I can either say I'm not doing it, in which case there is a good chance that they they end up... Tra- I, I, I guess in a sense, I haven't really thought about this, this would be the one reason why it's possible Aaron Rodgers is going to do it. One of two things is going to happen if Jordan Love plays. Number one, Jordan Love plays... He's really good. 
and the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers to get some picks and accumulate some players and um, try to help build around Jordan Love. Number two, Jordan Love is terrible. They go back to Aaron Rodgers. They beg and plead, and he says, there's zero chance. I will never come back. You need to find another alternative. What's that alternative going to be? You trade Aaron Rodgers, you stack up the picks, and you go out and try to get one of those quarterbacks. And again, if Jordan Love is really bad, let's say the Packers win six games, you're talking about you know, maybe top 10 pick, probably around 10 or just outside, you know, 12, pick 12 or somewhere in there. But again, you trade Aaron Rodgers, you stack up a bunch of picks, and now you're going to get yourself comfortably in that range. In fact, if Jordan Love is real bad, the only thing that matters is getting a really good quarterback. And so this would be the one of the few times I would fully expect the Packers to trade the farm, right? If they have this first round pick, number 12 overall, and let's say they've got another first round pick and multiple picks in 2023 and 2020, they're going to trade away both first round picks here and maybe two next year to get up as high as they possibly can. So I, I, I guess I didn't think about it that way. It, it, it is possibly a way to do it. The, the biggest reason people say that he won't, and it wasn't really my reason, but he can't be traded. Well, I shouldn't say he can't be traded. It's unlikely he won't, he'll be traded because he can't play. You can't get traded and then say, well, I only meant I'm not going to play for them. No, no, you're not playing. And so you would have to essentially get traded to a team that's willing to say, okay, you can just sit on our bench for a year. And then, because they own the full contract, right? So they would have them for three more years and they'd probably work out a new contract anyway. But it would just start in 2022, which I think is still tradable. I'm trying to explain to you why he's not going to opt out and suddenly the opt out thing becomes a real strategy. Because if, if that is your thought process, then it suddenly does make a lot of sense because why would you forfeit money if you don't have to? And if it's not really about showing anybody up, it's just about, I want to move on, that might be your best option. Because, you know, obviously there's there's a concern, well, what if Jordan Love's good? And then, oh, no, that still works to his favor. Because then the Packers give him what he wants and they trade him. If he's bad, then he's vindicated. The Packers look stupid and the Packers have to grovel and they have to trade him. So that's probably obviously the best case scenario. Man, it's starting to make sense. The biggest reason that I said that he wouldn't necessarily do that is if the Packers are serious that they're not going to trade him. Let's say they are just ridiculously stubborn. And let's say, you know, maybe maybe Jordan Love struggles, but they're saying, look, he's a young guy, he needs some time. Now what? Now Rodgers kind of played himself. Because you just you just made it so that the Packers don't have to pay money. You push back your contract so that it's more palatable. Because remember, it was supposed to really, really spike next year. Now that really, really big spike gets pushed back even further. And as the contract gets pushed back further, the salary cap continues to rise. So the pain that his contract is this year becomes a little bit less next year because we'll have more money next year. The pain of that massive spike is less because now instead of being next year, that's in two years. And that, you know, the point is the Packers can simply look back at him and say, that's fine, we'll, we'll just keep you now for four years instead of three years. Because the Packers essentially get one more year of control over Aaron Rodgers, and that's really got to sting him. If you really want out and you're really not happy with this team, the last thing you want to do is give them a full, another full year of control of your life. And that's what they'll have. So you're giving them money. You're shifting your contract to be more palatable and more cap-friendly for the Packers. And you're giving them another year of a contract for, uh, for you to be on the Packers. That's a, it's, again, it's a risky proposition. And, and you would essentially have to be just be looking at it and saying, they won't do that. You know, you're, you're playing a real risky game of chicken saying, nah, they'll trade me. Which kind of makes sense. But again, there is that narrow possibility that Jordan Love is bad and they're saying, no, we're not going to trade you and we're not going to try to get up and get a new quarterback. You're going to be our guy. And if not, that's fine. We'll give Jordan Love another shot at this, but we're not trading you. 
and you're going to have to sit again. And if you're even given the opt-out opportunity, that means we get another year and we still don't have to pay you. This is when your cap was supposed to be like $40 million and we're paying you zero. And next year when the cap goes up again and probably massively, you're a paltry, what, 30-some million? That's nothing. Instead of being 20% of the cap, you're like, what, 15, 12? And all the while, Aaron Rodgers has not collected anything. He hasn't lost anything. It's still expected to be paid, but it's not getting paid today. So I don't know. I, I guess it'll be. I guess it'll be interesting. Oh no, I'm sorry. They have until July. Oh, so then he's he's he ain't doing it. He hasn't done it yet. I mean, he could be waiting until tomorrow. But I thought it was. That's when the window opens. Well, that's less. That's less uh, interesting. I mean, we'll we'll see. I guess hold your breath for another about. Well, for uh, I guess for both of us, about 24 hours. Three central. So for me, 24, for you, whatever. I don't know. Who cares how many hours? But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And again, it's entirely possible that all of a sudden news breaks that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have come to uh, an agreement on a contract restructure and Aaron Rodgers is coming back. And, you know, again, they all just shrug and go, I don't know what you're talking about. It was never a big deal. That would be a lie, but that's still a possibility that could happen. Anyways, I skipped a couple things because I was so, I don't know, I just I just really uh, prematurely launched into everything and I skipped over some stuff um, and then just launched immediately into Devante. But why don't we take a break right here and then we'll kind of reset, slow down, ease into this thing and we'll start again. I do want to say, first of all, thank you very much to two new donors to the Palmer Home. They have put us over the $100 mark. So this weekend, I think I'm going to do the Dexter Mac video. I think I'm ready, man. I think I'm just going to go all in. I've got a couple tweaks that I'm ready to do, and we're going to do the Dexter Mac video. We'll probably do some other stuff. I don't know if I'm going to release it right away, but I'll have them ready to go for some more milestones. Um, I got. I think Blaine's going to come out this Saturday. I do want to make a pork butt. I don't know if I want to make a video of that because I've never done it before. And obviously, I can't record the whole thing because it's going to be many, many hours. But um, we'll see. We'll do some of that stuff. Um, I think... If we can do, maybe for the 200 milestone, we'll do a behind the scenes and we'll just kind of see what people like more of the food stuff, hanging out, talking outside stuff, more of a casual chat, live stream. Maybe we can, if we get a big enough thing, we can do a call-in show and then a behind the scenes video. We, there's a couple different things we can try, see what uh, what you guys like and what you guys think is stupid. But uh, thank you very much to Mr. Steve Hutchins and Kyle Bernson, who I always want to say Bernston. I'm sure I've called you that 500 times, and I apologize. It's Burntson. But uh, Kyle has been also a really big help over the years for this show, him and his wife. There's a good chance if you bought some Packernet Podcast merch, you may have gotten it from uh, Kyle's wife. She makes t-shirts. and Those, by the way, are still my favorite. I went over to Teespring. They can do some more stuff, and it's pretty cool and whatnot. But, man, those are some comfortable t-shirts <laughs> that I got from them. Anywho's again, Palmer Home um, is the charity that I'm raising money for. There's links on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, you can reach out to me if you want to link to it, or if you want to just shoot over to Venmo. That's also what Steve decided to do. It is a pretty easy way to do it. Just put in the comments, this is for Palmer Home, and then I'll just do all the, because you got to like fill out the whole credit card information thing. I'll just pop it in there. Put your name on it so it's your name and not my name. It looks like I donated 500 times. We'll get it figured out. By the way, I am currently in eighth place in this competition. The top five people get to go hang out with Malcolm Reed, make some food. It's going to be fantastic. Eighth place sounds impressive, but it's out of like 12 people. And the guy in fifth place is at $998. So got a little ways to go. 
But we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. It's also worth noting, um, Malcolm Reed planning on being on the show probably Monday. I actually have not responded to his lovely wife, and that makes me look kind of like a jerk, but I wasn't sure what day. (coughs) Choking. Not going to edit. We got to power through. I want to go to sleep. Um... But uh, yeah, so if you did donate and you want to ask a question to Mr. Malcolm Reed about barbecue, about football, about whatever it is, I don't do guests a lot, but that's going to be a lot of fun. If you don't know who he is, go check out his videos. Malcolm Reed, there's no uh, second L. I always want to spell it M-A-L-C-O-L-M for some reason, but it's just C-O-M-R-E-E-D, not R-E-I-R-E-A-R, whatever. Malcolm Reed, but uh, dude makes some good food. He's got a great podcast. It's a fun dude, and uh, he's going to hang out with us probably, if he records Monday, it'll be Tuesday. So again, if you want to shoot over something on Venmo or whatever for the Palmer home to be able to ask him a question, I'm sure some of you guys are big fans, that'll be fine, and I will be sure to ask whatever question so long as it is appropriate, family-friendly, etc., etc. All right, dialing things back a little bit. Let's start off with a little bit of NFL news. We'll do this uh, episode in reverse. Apparently today was Fines Day. The big one was after a big investigation into the Washington football team. They were fined $10 million following their investigation into all the stuff that went on with them. When I say that uh, there's a lot of teams that are an absolute mess, and I highlight Washington, I have to think Washington is near the top, and that's including the Texans, by the way. But I'm reading a little blurb here. The investigation came after at least 15 former employees alleged sexual misconduct in the workplace. Owner Dan Snyder's wife, Tanya, will assume leadership of day-to-day operations while Daniel supposedly focuses on, uh, quote, on the stadium and other matters. So he's he's just massively in the doghouse. His wife is not allowing him to go anywhere near this stadium. Um, she's probably got a tracker on his phone, not just for GPS, but every single text message that goes out of his phone is being monitored. She's also probably taking all the income and giving him an allowance, and that's all justified. Goes on to say, although an unprecedented sum, it still amounts to a slap on the wrist for a billionaire owner. Does it? I don't think so. Again, billionaire owner does not mean billions in the bank. It means he has billions of dollars in assets, probably most of which is a football team. You can't just pay money with a football. It's not like there's a football team credit card where they're like, that'll be $10,000. How will you be paying for this with my football team? That doesn't work. You have to have cash in the bank. So even if he's got $100 million in his checking account, which is pretty unlikely, he just lost 10% of that. Granted, this isn't coming out of his bank account. It's coming out of a team account. But it, that's still that's a big fine. I just I don't like the whole he's a billionaire, so what's the percentage 
of his billions of net worth. It's not how that works. That's that hurts. That hurts. Ten million dollars hurts. Now, if it was ten thousand or thirty thousand, okay, fine. Yeah, that's that's silly. These guys go out to the bar and spend thirty thousand dollars, and I'm not even kidding about that. But ten million, that that stings. That's like me getting a two hundred fifty dollar parking viol. I don't. I don't know. Speeding ticket. Uh, whatever it is. I don't know what costs two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> Whenever I get ticket, I just you know I, I don't even hardly read it. I just write it ticket, write the check. And I haven't got one in many years, so I have no idea. But if it was about two hundred fifty, that would that would suck. It's not gonna break me. It's not gonna ruin. I mean, is that what you want? You want to ruin the guy's life? Like it should be a billion dollars. He should be forced to sell the team and live on the street. <laughs> okay, calm down, psycho. It's a fine, not a death sentence. But anyways, the the team's a joke. Dan Snyder is a joke. And and again, this is what you point to, what I like to point to as an example of why when people say, this is what happens when you don't have an owner. This is why the Packers need an owner. No, I don't. I don't need Dan Snyder running my football team. I don't need that at all. What benefit is there to the Green Bay Packers to have a guy like Dan Snyder run uh, the Green Bay Packers like it's the Playboy Mansion? How does that help me? How does that how does that help the Aaron Rodgers situation? What do you think morale is like when when you've got people, you know, acting like this? Not I, I I'll be honest, I don't really know the details. I and I think I knew some, but I completely forgot what they were. So I'm kind of flying blind here, but it's bad. I I read the first sentence, 15 employees alleging misconduct. I mean, it Again, it all just comes back to when you're that rich and powerful, you owning a football team is minor. It, it is. It's just, it's another accessory. Just like your $50 million home, just like your $20 million burger boat, like your, you know, $20 million plane or whatever. I don't know what that costs. Although I have priced a couple out, not because I can afford one, but just because it's interesting. And it's kind of fun looking at uh, private planes and how big they get and how nice they can look and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just another status symbol. And as much as I'm sure he would love for Washington to be a good football team, he's not going to dedicate his whole life to that. He's going to pay some other guy to do it. And and similar to what I have said about the Packers and about Mike McCarthy and stuff, as far as, you know, when you start letting people get comfortable, they get comfortable. If, if, if somebody does something wrong and there's no pushback, they start doing wrong. And then they start doing more wrong. And you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And again, Dan maybe didn't exactly know what was going on. I'm not going to accuse the guy of knowing he may have, he may not. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened there. Nobody does, except the people involved. But at the very least, this is a guy who is hands-off because he's got so much money, he can pay other people to care about it while he just parties. He's got tons of money. And I'm thinking Danny Boy wasn't probably particularly popular in high school. I don't know. I'm making that up, but I'm looking at a picture of him. I wasn't popular in high school. I mean, it's, I'm not, it's not a judgment. It's just, you know, some people are, some people aren't. I'm just saying, dude is a, he's a mathlete, not an athlete. You know what I mean? I wasn't a mathlete. I did warn you about those. But anyways, look, ultimately, and I'm, I'm off in the weeds again, talking about something I've already talked about, but what you want are people that live and breathe football. You want football players that live and breathe football. And, and really, there is somewhat of a parallel here between this and what you see with Aaron Rodgers what you saw with Brett Favre, and it really comes back to how big is your football career in the grand scheme of your life? How big is football to Aaron Rodgers compared to Devontae Adams, compared to Jair, 
compared to A.J. Dillon compared to Eric Stokes, right? Just going in order, right? You've got a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's at the pinnacle. You've got Devontae who's just at about, he's almost to that point where he's about to get that final big massive contract. He hasn't quite reached that final stage, but he's just about there. He's just about ascended. You look at Jair. He's, he's established himself as a good player, but he hasn't really gotten that first big contract. He hasn't really become wealthy. He's rich. He's not wealthy, <laughs> you know? Then you talk about A.J. Dillon. He's been in the league. He's played. He got a little money. He's got a little bit of a routine, but he hasn't established himself yet. And then you got Eric Stokes. He doesn't know Jack. He doesn't know if he can even compete. He doesn't know anything. And so the point is, the further down the rung you go, you have to assume, and it's not always the case, you get some guys that come in that just don't really care about football, but it's big. You're talking about a guy like Eric Stokes, and he just got his first big paycheck. He's a first-round pick. He makes a good amount of money, so maybe first-round pick wasn't the best example. You can go even further down, you know, find a you know later-round pick who got, you know, a couple hundred grand where that's nice, but, you know, that'll, that'll run out pretty quick. Slightly slower in Green Bay, but still. But it's, it's massive. How big is football? It's everything. This is the difference between me having to go, you know, get a job at, at a high school and me being able to retire at 34 years old, wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. How big is coming back this year to Aaron Rodgers? How big is football to Aaron Rodgers? And I'm not talking about his heart or his love of the game or any of that stuff. That's somewhat of a separate issue. But the guy has so much going on. He's part owner of the Bucks. He owns a, he's a partial owner of a major sports organization. He's getting married. He's got multiple homes, wealthy beyond his wildest dreams, has great friends, travels the world, wants to host Jeopardy. And every time you add these layers, football is just, it's just a, it's, it's a factor in his life. You become as big as the franchise, you don't listen to the franchise as much anymore. You don't let them push you around. Whereas, you know, if a coach comes up to Eric Stokes and says, hey, if you want this job, if you want this money, you're going to do X, Y, and Z, he's going to say, heck yeah, I am. You go up to Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, if you expect to be around here much longer, you better do X, Y, and Z. He's going to look at you like, dude, say that one more time and watch me walk right out of here. It's different. And again, it's a parallel to the owners because it's just, it's a factor in my life. It's not the factor in my life. And everybody has multiple factors. You know, Brian Gutekunst has a family. He has other things going on. Mark Murphy has family and friends and hobbies. You know, he probably likes playing sheep's head and stuff, you know? Drinking a good Canada Dry. I don't know. I'm just saying stupid stuff. Watching Murder, She Wrote. That's just, that's just mean. That's stupid. He's not even that old. I'm just, I don't know. I'm trying to think of just boring things, and all I'm doing is coming up with things that imply he's 95 years old, and that's not the case. I'm not very good at this game, but it was a little funny. But anyways, that that's... That's kind of where you're at. And it goes back to a question that I got before about, you know, a couple different questions. Should we have seen this coming? And, you know, do you expect this with Jordan Love or something to the effect of that? Or, you know, are you okay with it if it happens? You know, quarterbacks make a ton of money and they make, I can't say the exact term, but uh, I don't have to care money. Let's just call it that. We should have some kind of a contest. If you can name all the movies that I'm referencing with this podcast, you win some kind of a prize. That one probably just lost some people some money. Anyways, back to the news. Uh, Not only was Washington fined, but uh, apparently there were some OTA issues. So the 49ers uh, were fined $100,000. Kyle Shanahan personally was fined $50,000. Again, that sucks. 
Um, Jaguars were fined two hundred thousand. Urban Meyer was fined a hundred thousand dollars. He's off to a rip roaring start, cheating and everything else. That dude's got a pretty bad reputation as it is. He better cool it. Cowboys were fined a hundred thousand dollars. Mike McCarthy was fined fifty thousand. That guy's having a real rough time of it, uh, especially for a guy that um, probably won't have a job after this year. On top of all that, the 49ers, uh, on top of their fines, they had to cancel the final week of their OTAs last month. The Cowboys are ordered to forfeit one OTA practice in the first week of 2022. The Jaguars are ordered to forfeit two OTA practices during the first week of the 2022 offseason, so next year. I don't know what happened, but, you know, something did, and it cost them a lot of money and some practice time. I still see in this grilling thing, what a dummy. The grills are dirty. I don't know how to control temperature. I just want to push buttons on the microwave, and it's the temperature. What a dummy. Anyways, we'll do one final uh, little question comment thing. Uh, Goose says, would you rather spend nearly $30 million on one wide receiver or spend $10 million on two good, not great wide receivers and a top 10 tight end. Well, in order to do that, we've got to look at who we're specifically talking about here. And let's say the $30 million guy is Devontae. So we got the best wide receiver in football. Let's just say he stays that way and he gets roughly $30 million, although that might be a little bit of a stretch, but let's say that's... So Devont, would you rather have Devontae or uh, Robbie Anderson and Devontae Parker? Or Sterling Shepard is also an option. Right in that range. And then for the tight end option, you said top 10, so I'm going to go to the back end of that because, you know, if I take the top tight end, then it's a top one or top three or top five, right? So in that range of top 10, you've got O.J. Howard, Farrell Brown, Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, somewhere in that range. And so um, Mark Andrews did have 700 yards. Other than that, there wasn't much. Uh, Dallas 527, OJ, although he only played four games, 146, and Farrell Brown 163. Um, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, Mark Andrews, seven touchdowns. I mean, I'm assuming we're talking just vaguely, but let's talk about the Packers. So we're going to either, we're going to get rid of Devontae, we're going to pair up Tunyon with, uh, let's say, Dallas Goddard, and we're going to replace uh, Devontae with, um, Devontae Parker and Robbie Anderson. And we're going to have to pay Dallas. The problem I have is I don't think it's a massive upgraded tight end. And I don't, I feel like we're just going straight backwards because the problem is I think Robbie Anderson's style wide receivers or, you know, Randall Cobb's making nine in that range. It's kind of up and down because you got some real good players here. You got some real mediocre players here. Depends on, you know, some guys... Now, some of these guys were top of their craft who got really long contracts that back in the day, $9 million was big money, and now it's not. You got some guys about to get paid, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we don't have that true number one guy, and I do think that means something. And maybe it kind of depends on your offense, and I understand the difference between, you know, you're, you're essentially saving $10 million, although, again, we have to pay Dallas. And even if he's $6 million, you're only saving four. I think you can make a case for it. The biggest problem, though, is that just the replaceability of those guys. You know, I mean, how much better than Alan Lazard is this person? How much better is this person than Amari Rodgers is going to be? 
I mean, if Amari is at this level, then all we're doing is downgrading Devontae for the cost of one tight end to be a kind of rotational guy because some of these other guys are going to get snaps. So, you know, and I, I get that it's a lot of money, but I think anytime you can get a premier guy, you this is the reason why guys like Devontae get paid stupid money. Because it's, it's if you're a GM, this is what your job is, to find these special players. And when you get them, you can't let them go. Now, there may come a point when you just you hit on too many guys and you can't pay all of them, but this is what you're, you're in the business of doing. You know, you can go out in free agency and grab a uh, Robbie Anderson, literally. You know, Will Fuller, literally, because they're available in free agency because teams don't pay them. Sterling Shepard, you know, Nelson Aguilar, Randall Cobb. You could probably make me an argument, and there's a lot of variables here, but I, I just, I always want those premier players because those guys really do make the difference. You know, when, when uh, the Falcons come to town, you're not worried necessarily about the balanced attack of the number two wide receiver and the running back, although that is a threat. It's Julio. You're worried about Julio. You know, would, would the Chiefs cha- trade Tyreek for a better running back and a new right tackle? No, dude, Tyreek is, is pivotal. He's the guy that makes the difference. I mean, you know, you got Travis Kelsey and you got Pat Mahomes, but what he does for that offense is unbelievable. I've talked about it before. If you if you press him, he gets behind you. If you stand off, then they throw a quick screen, and you're 10 yards off. That's With his speed, it's an automatic seven. How do you stop that? Well, then you bring help. Well, how do you stop Travis? And even that help might not help you. So it's it's just because, you know, those are the guys that can take over a game. And, and it's the same with, you know, and maybe not every single position. You know, the, the Packers did let go of Corey Lindsley. Apparently, they looked at it and said, you know, we've got a bunch of premier guys we want to pay, and center is just not one of those positions where we feel we need to pay top dollar to a premier center. But you're talking pass rusher, you're talking corner, you're talking quarterback, you're talking wide receiver, you're talking tackle, you got to do it. Outside of that, maybe you're up for debate. Obviously, the Packers did it with running back, which is a little surprising, but again, it's up for debate. So that would be probably, and again, there's a lot of variables there, but that would probably be my answer. And again, one of those variables is the, you know, if the if the dollar amounts added up, it would be an easier question. But the fact that there's a $10 million gap is tough. Plus, again, it's which ones, you know, because again, there's a difference in my mind between Tyler Boyd and Sterling Shepard, between Will Fuller and Robbie Anderson. And there's a massive difference in those tight ends too, depending on which one in the top 10. And then, you know, so a lot of variables and you could probably make a case in the other direction, depending on some of those variables. But generally speaking, you want premier players. You just you want those guys that can just take over a game. And it doesn't matter if it's a linebacker or a quarterback. If you got them, you got to keep them, if at all possible. And hopefully, you know, you don't have to make that. Well, I guess if you have to make the tough decision of which ones to cut, it's because you have a bunch. So it's a good position to be in. But hopefully you don't have to be in that position and you can always pay those guys. But anyways, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.